You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 175, Overcome. Hosted by Dan Terry. Snappy dappy, little drappy. David Van Zant. Dan, your meathead is showing. And Joseph Wren. All night long, depending on who's asking. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you find yourself overcome by Keiko Demons, so you reach for the chainsaw, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is David. Well, you know, with Doom Eternal, you wouldn't reach for the chainsaw to kill the Keiko Demon. Now you have to shoot a frag grenade into its mouth, wait for it to start glowing, and then jump up and do a, perform a glory kill in midair which would require you to basically, you, you end up ripping the Cacodemon's eye out and then shoving it down its throat and then it explodes. Is all this done in like quick time events though? No. Okay, cool. I haven't played the game. No, it's, I mean, it, it is done kind of automatically. Like you just press the glory kill button and you're good, but uh, but it's not like time, but like you can't fail. Like once it's, you're, you're the Doom Slayer, you can't fail. Of course, <laughs> you can only you can only succeed. You can only you, you exist only to kill demons. Which, there is uh, only success, which I think you know really really blends into this conversation about overcome uh, that we're about to have. Uh, overcome is one of the one of the classic um, spirit filled hardcore bands from the '90s and early 2000s. They started off in they started off on Tooth and Nail Records. And eventually moved on to Face Down, which I mean, they're largely responsible for Face Down being a thing. Uh, they, they were one of Face Down's biggest uh, biggest signings, and uh, so we can we can kind of thank Overcome for Face Down being the label that it is today, the greatest label on earth. That's one man's opinion. I do love Face Down though. <laughs> I was thinking early '90s earache, but that's just me. Can we go old school and bring back Electro Records? There's a reason you have that copy of Ride the Lightning, right? Yeah, but Electro Records is bleh, who cares? They're gone. <laughs> I only care about labels that still exist. Nah. You know, except for, you know, Trust Kill and Ferret and other labels. Okay. Blood Ink. Is Blood Ink still around? I don't know if Blood Ink's still around. Blood Ink is not around anymore, I don't think. Well, oh, they were so good. They were they were like they were like baby face down. Not to be confused with Strike First Records, that actually was baby face down. <laughs> uh, Roadrunner's still around, right? Roadrunner is most definitely still around yeah. because Nickelback is still around. Oh good God. Yeah. Well, before we unleash the coyote on the Roadrunner, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We are on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening, and now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. No, I refuse. I'm not going to do it. I've done it too many times. I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to say that uh, five-star reviews are cool. They make me feel good. And uh, some other things that I like to say. The thing that I like the most is when you guys share the episodes. That's that's what I care about. Sharing the episodes to your friends, family, aunts, uncles, grandparents, uh, small children. I realize there aren't a lot of small children on your social medias. So you actually have to go out into the world and show them albums. Please make sure that you actually um, have parental permission before you just start showing random little kids hardcore records. Uh, or, or discussions about hardcore records. So, uh, yeah, keep sharing them. Share them in real life. Share them, share them on socials. Share them at work. Do whatever you got to do. 
Tell that to the guy who drove around a blacked out ice cream truck just blasting thrash metal with no ice cream. Yeah, but that guy was a douchebag. Agreed. I just got to say, like, that guy, no, there's no way. I'm not, like, I'm not even justifying that. I think it was cool that he was driving a black a black ice cream truck. Kind of gave me a sweet tooth from Twisted Metal type of vibe. But uh, not at not having ice cream, that that's a key component. You could have gotten ice cream. You could have sold it to people. And you could have named it after bands and hoped that you didn't get copyright judgments against you. It would have been awesome. I thought Joe was talking about you, Dan, for a second. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> driving a blacked out work truck. Well, he only did that I mean, one time. I do. I do that, but I don't pretend like I'm selling ice cream. I think, I think that's the that's the key difference. But no, that guy's a jerk, and you know, I hope his I hope his van breaks down. We got a YouTube comment on episode 169, Kitty. This is from Random Album. Yes, Kitty is one of my all-time favorite bands, especially because of their last three albums. In their documentary, even Kitty themselves spoke negatively about their Funeral for Yesterday album. So I was very surprised when it ended up being my favorite Kitty album ever released. Wow. Once again, I stand corrected. Not the comment that I was expecting, but probably the one that I deserve. I know everybody has different opinions on things, and I'm, I'm glad that, you, that that's your favorite record. Uh, it is not mine, but that is the beauty of this internet thing and why I appreciate your comments. I like other opinions to be heard, but you're wrong. <laughs> Over on Facebook, we got a couple of comments in regards to our Strapping Young Lad episode. Michael Newton says, shit, you guys are killing it here lately with your picks. Can't wait to hear this one. Well, I hope he enjoyed it after he heard it. Absolutely. Uh, Nick Barrett says, yes, finally been waiting on this one. Look forward to listening to it. So cool. I, I appreciate comments prior to listening to the episode because if you're disappointed, well, I mean, I guess, I guess if you were super disappointed, you could go back and delete your comment, but don't do that. Make me, <laughs> make me feel good. I uh, definitely, definitely enjoyed talking about Strapping Young Lad. They are probably... One of the best bands that I feel like we've covered in a long time. Do you feel the same way about Overcome? Oh, yeah, dude. I love Overcome. I mean, there's not a whole lot that I can say negatively about this band at all. So, David, tell me about Overcome. Oh, uh, put me on the spot like this. Welcome Overcome. to my life. Is, well, I don't have anything prepared for this part. I usually just sit back and drink water while <laughs> I watch Dan talk about the band. So, Overcome is a spirit-filled, hardcore, metalcore band from the early 90s, originally signed a tooth and nail, eventually switched over to face down, took a rather long hiatus in between, what was that, 2000, 2001 to 2011, um, 1999 to 2011. Um, yeah, I'm not really sure what else to say about it. I'm bad at these stuff. <laughs> That's all good. Overcome was, was you know part of the classic lineup of spirit-filled hardcore bands like on it i i put them in the same category as like focused and unashamed and uh strong arm you know th these were these were hardcore bands uh that pulled no punches about what their what their spiritual message was and uh and that really set them apart from a lot of other hardcore bands but only in lyrical content alone i mean back then you had a lot of like straight edge bands that were very equally as hardcore about straight edge and bands that were equally hardcore about veganism um, and even racial equality, which is something that apparently has still not been quite figured out. And, um, you know, with Overcome, what I found unique about them is I always felt like they were a little bit grittier than some of those bands that I mentioned. They're a perfect example of a band that kind of grew with hardcore 
in the sense that like if you listen to their first record blessed are the persecuted you know that's gonna sound just like the bands that i mentioned like strong arm and unashamed uh maybe a little bit heavier but as you see the band transition into face down and you see how heavy they actually became over time um you know a lot of the, the other bands that i mentioned strong arm only had two records then they fizzled out uh focused had two records and they fizzled out unashamed only had a couple of records they fizzled out uh same with like six feet deep and a lot of their peers so overcome it was kind of the last man standing so to speak uh, in this scene uh, after a while and they they helped usher in i feel a whole new wave of of hardcore bands like spirit hardcore bands uh on face down records so um they're overcome even if they're not a band that you're familiar with is actually very important to the growth of this scene they definitely fit the mold of the 1990s hardcore band Clearly, these guys were thrash metal fans. The guitars are full speed ahead. Drums just throw in punk beats. But then you've got the guy up front who is just yelling and barking at the mic. And playing guitar. Does he do both? Oh, yeah. I have an even higher level of respect for him at this time. He's a double hitter, man. He can do it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's something you don't see in, like, hardcore hardly at all. Like, how often do you see the front man of a hardcore band playing guitar? Yeah, you see it more. You see it more in metal bands, you know, like a Living Sacrifice or Becoming the Archetype. Those are the, those are you know, you're used to seeing those guys have an instrument as well as sing. But yeah, with hardcore, you need a guy to jump off the stage, you know, in the middle of breakdowns and stuff, and it's hard to do that with the guitar. But well, just from like, do an, it, from like an endurance mindset, like his screams are so undisciplined, especially in early stuff that it's taken his entire body to get those sounds to come out and then he's playing guitar at the exact same time. Oh, it's wild to think about. Yeah, and you know, I think one of the that's going to that's going to become a problem for him later on uh in the band's career. What well, that, 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 uh, that lack of vocal discipline. Well, I wrote down I was like it's it's metalcore before Melissa Cross, before like every single frontman watched the Melissa Cross DVD. Right. I still think it's BS, but you know, I, I'm having trouble screaming now later in life too. So maybe that's maybe there's something to that. Do you need some but, time uh, with the Zen of Screaming, Dan? I'll, I'll let you right, borrow thanks. my copy. It'll be great. No, I've got like some kind of weird tonsil infection right now, so I really don't think I should be practicing screaming anytime soon. <laughs> it's hard enough just to do this, so it'd be interesting to see how I sound on subsequent episodes. But the uh, man overcome is a man that's impact can't be can't be understated. So I guess let's jump into it, Joe. Let's 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 do the thing that the people are here to hear us do. One resource says 1994. One says 1996. Someone is going to have to tell me exactly what year is correct. 1994. Blessed are the persecuted. Wait, is it 94? Hold on. Well, it might not be because I have the cassette. I have both numbers in front of me. So somebody tell I, me which one's right. I have the cassette. Well, while he's looking at the cassette, um, the other one, Immortal, it came out in 99. That's what I'm saying. 94 seems too early. 96, according to Discogs. Yeah, that's that's where I'm getting the discrepancy here. Yeah. 1995, Tooth and Nail Records. Oh, great. It was probably recorded in 95 and released in 96. Whatever. All right. But Immortal, so just... Immortal is definitely 99, though. 95, When Beauty Dies, Immortal, and The Great Campaign, <clears throat> right? Wrong. Okay. Uh... Blessed of the Persecuted, 95, or 90, we can say 96. Uh, when Beauty Dies, 1997. That's what okay. I've got. All right, good. And then I've got 2001 and 2011. 2000, yeah. 1999 is Immortal, though. This is 
These are garbage numbers, I'm telling you. Okay, after that deviation. <clears throat> 1996. Blessed are the persecuted. Kind of interesting with this record because it reminds me a lot. It reminds me less of Focused and less of Strong Arm and sounds more like Zao did in 95, 96. Exactly. Exactly. All else failed Zao. It's whatever it down. Yeah, absolutely. Even right down to the vocals. I think Jason's vocals sound a lot like Sean's. And um, he can't scream as long. I mean, there, nobody is Sean Jonas except Sean Jonas. But uh, Jason makes a very compelling case uh, for this kind of... Uh, for this kind of hardcore. I have to say this is probably my least favorite record by them because even though it is good, it's almost a little too old school for me to listen to now. I think if this was the first, if this was the very first record that I ever heard by Overcome, I'd be like, oh yeah, man, this band is, this band's where it's at. It's got the thrash metal guitars. It's got the, the, the screamed, you know, um, guttural vocal. Um, it, it hurts my throat right now just to even listen to him screaming. I have him screaming in my headphones. Um, but I don't feel like the, the one thing that I don't like about some of these earlier hardcore releases is that I just don't feel like the energy or the speed of the songs really comes through on the recording. And I've seen videos of these songs live and it's like a madhouse, you know, but hearing them just on the recording, they almost kind of lose a little bit of that energy that I think the band had at shows. Yeah, I'll agree with that. This first record kind of like reminds me not as much of its style, but just with like the creativity of the song structure is like how Blindside was on their first record. Yeah. Uh, they just did a lot of different things. There's a lot of like really cool bass lines that you don't see in hardcore a lot um, that type. And you don't even see in later Overcome. Um, there's some cool like guitar work that they do that they just get really creative in the beginning. Uh, I don't know. The song structure is what stands out for me big time. I'm definitely getting an old school Zayo, Sean Jonas vibe. I think that's just what it sounds like back in the mid to late 90s. But then I hear that dry, melodic driven thrash where the bass just takes over. And the production values of today were not the same back in the 90s. We didn't have the same expectations of the same tricks. You didn't have the bass player with a two-octave detune pedal and distortion on every song. If they were using distortion, it was probably like a Cliff Burton style. So hearing that dry production, that makes me happy as a guitar player because I can actually hear what the band is doing. But then he's still yelling at the mic, doing the hardcore thing. It's the opposite of the thrash metal yell, which is just typo negative burr at the mic as opposed to the over-the-top yelling that's going on here. I think this record really fits in with the scene at the time, and I can't stress that enough. Um, I definitely think that Zayo's All Else Failed is a better record, but I enjoy having this kind of in the same vein where maybe not necessarily every band member was on the same page about what kind of music they were going to play, and that's why you get kind of this weird, you get these weird bass lines. You get, you get stuff that just might seem a little off-kilter for hardcore, but it works. It's not a bug. It's a feature. It, it it turns into something cool and unique that you really weren't expecting, regardless of whatever the uh, original intent was. This record they did pretty well with, uh, as far as I know, as far as the Tooth and Nail release goes in in the early ninety or the mid nineties. Uh, but this one really didn't strike me nearly as hard as the next one. Nineteen ninety seven, when beauty dies. So is this like a Black Dahlia murder type thing? Or this is death, right? Not murder. Sorry. No, it's not murder. So is Chuck Schuldner involved here with some Gene Hoagland action? No murder yet. 
I, I wouldn't say that. I would say, <laughs> I would say this is when an overcome started sounding like overcome. Yeah. Um, this is this is where they have it, it, a more a much more clear direction. And what I like about this record is that the guitar work is much more technical and much heavier. Like the guitar tone is heavier. It's it's deeper. It's more ballsy. Um, it doesn't have kind of the staleness that the previous record had. And Jason's vocals, we talked about how, you know, makes my throat hurt listening to him on the last one. This record, even more so. Um, he's higher pitched on this one. And um, they, they, they come out of sounding like an early 90s hardcore band on this record and start sounding more like... Uh, almost like what converge was doing at the time like it they're, they're, you're starting to get those metal influences in there they were certainly in the first record but that one was still very strictly hardcore whereas when beauty dies they they start throwing more and more techie metal elements into their music and then adding that with more extreme vocal and you know we're not quite in zeo blood and fire territory here as far as metalcore but um, it's definitely a huge step forward for Overcome. I think this is 10 times the record <laughs> yeah. uh, th- than the previous. My first and, uh, thought when I heard this was, how did the band get so dark? Compared to the first record, that one sounds positive in tonality, even though the message may not be positively presented. This one has the late 90s dark guitar production the mids are scooped out it sounds like a combo amp that's just shoved into a closet with an sm57 dan is holding up a cassette tape because he's just showing off right now well you asked how the band got darker well if you look at the if you look at blood sort of the persecuted <laughs> cassette uh it's a clear cassette but then the uh, when beauty dies cassette is actually uh solid black so that's how they got darker congratulations dude <laughs> you have a color wheel i'll make sure isla knows <laughs> well you know it is how it is but yeah this record is darker it's heavier it's more technical it's it's the whole deal it's it's a it's a at the very least it's a 100 percent improvement over the first record which really wasn't bad in the first place so this is the kind of growth that i like to see uh with these kind of bands and it, it showed that overcome was going to be a band that was going to stick around you can't fizzle out after putting out a record like this. Granted, I mean, Strongarm kind of did, but... Uh, <laughs> and Focus, but I don't think that the second Focus record is better than the first one. No. But, uh, yeah, Overcome, though, th- this was this was hugely awesome to me and very, very influential uh, vocally. I loved this. T- I've had this tape probably for about 15 years now maybe longer um and i still go back and listen to it because there's there's weird uses of melody in there and there's weird kind of um kind of like melancholy uh guitar work it's hard it's hard to really explain but it's you just have to listen to it which is going to be really difficult for you if you don't already have a cd <laughs> or, or a tape um yeah, for some reason find yeah, this is not available on Spotify or, or any of the streaming services. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure why, because it's a tooth and nail release. It should be there, but it's not for whatever reason. Um, but it is probably my favorite Overcome record. It's, um, you know, we were talking about the kind of moving into some of the sounds that like some of the things that Converge was, Converge was doing. Um, kind of bringing in that darker atmosphere to it and the technicality. I totally agree with all that. I definitely want to call it the drums. Like you don't you don't see a lot of technical work in hardcore drumming too often. It's usually just like breakdowns and two steps and you know that that punk rock rhythm. 
but the drums on this record, I don't know the drummer's name, sorry, but um, it has like a very deep heavy metal vibe to it where he's hitting them real hard. He's filling in with amazing like Tom runs. Um, you know, his fills are, are fantastic. So it's a lot more technical you know, percussion work than you would find on a lot of other hardcore records. The drummer was uh, Alex Woodford. Alex Woodford. Thank you, Alex. What is it about no, guys he, named Alex? They, they can play the drums. I don't know. <laughs> Alex is a but, great drummer name. It is a great drummer name. But uh, yeah, I think I think one of the one of the biggest things with Overcome too was that they were a I, I don't know they, they were a spirit filled band, but for whatever reason, like here, here's the thing: I still love I still love Focus Bow, but oh. when I listened to it in 2020, there there's a bit of a cheese factor there. Maybe you didn't feel it back then, but I definitely feel it now. I don't get that vibe off of off of Overcome. I feel like they took themselves seriously to the point where like maybe it's funny how seriously they took themselves but um but it didn't come it didn't come across as cheesy it didn't come across as like contrived in any way and and that's that's one of my favorite things about this band in comparison to a lot of their contemporaries at that time yeah i think a lot of new listeners can get into overcomes earlier work with zero nostalgia and still be into it if they like that style of music absolutely so, I mean, at this point, they so these were both tooth and nail releases, and this is actually tooth and nail pre solid state, <laughs> which is uh, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in 1999, they end up signing with a brand new podunk label called Face Down Records. Face Down um, Records that sounds kind of familiar, just it does a little. Seem so- somewhat familiar. Um, and they they had kind of had a little bit of a hiatus here. Not as long as the one that they were going to go to, but uh, you know, if you, if you want to talk about darkness, you want to talk about heaviness, you want to talk about adjusting to the times. Immortal till their work is done doesn't even sound like the same band. Well, it's all different guys, for lack of a better term. It is yeah. not the same band. It's it's a totally different. Oh, band. we're actually a different band at this point, then. Yeah, so I mean, you've still got Jason uh, on guitar and and on lead vocals, and yeah. his vocals are probably some of the sickest hardcore vocals I've ever heard. Uh, on this album absolutely oh my god like he's just a total monster here Mm -hmm. um and they fully transitioned into metalcore here um Mm -hmm. but it's not your grandma's metalcore this is this is still in the metallic hardcore uh sound of the of the mid to late 90s so you have you still have that driving like new york hardcore uh uh beat but you know i was talking about the other two records being old and slow uh this is not that this this is a a giant injection of this is a giant injection of of uh i want to say testosterone but that's not the right word um like i don't know speed <laughs> well, they just turned they just took the heavy knob and turned it up to 12 like Absolutely. this album is head and shoulders heavier than the past couple that they've released and it's not sacrificing anything. So yeah, it's metalcore, but there's no like noodly guitars. They're not trying to be like, you know, Asley Dying wasn't a thing yet, but they're not trying to be like that kind of metal band. They just want to hit you in the face with great riffs and great breakdowns. No clean vocals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Can we right. talk about the inhuman gurgling that opens up the record? Oh yeah, right. <laughs> so I think he's starting to learn. Like he's starting to learn how to keep his voice a little bit longer so that it, he can have a little bit more longevity because his vocals are a little bit deeper and not as shrill as the past couple. But, oh, man, that first track. I mean, it's it's like an assault. There's there's no other way to say it. Like, you will die. 
<laughs> when you hear this. Hopefully you don't, because then you know you won't get to hear the rest of the record. Uh, but this was this was such a strong like it's almost like a reboot of the band at this point. And you know they had they had worked really hard coming off of the tooth and nail stuff. And I want to say you know in uh, in Jason's episode on as the story grows, he went into like everything that happened between uh, tooth and nail and face down. And how the band had just kind of, he had basically assembled a new band because everybody else had quit or he fired them or something I can't quite remember. But um, he basically assembled a new band from scratch and continued on. And it actually works really well in a case like Overcome because uh, the singer is still the same, even though he sounds different <laughs> on this record. Um, but I can't, I can't get over how modern this sounds for 1999. Like to make such a huge stylistic change within two years. I mean, it's just got to be that you had fresh blood in the band. Yeah, it's heavy. It's fast. Like talking about, you're talking about the um, the speed of it all. Like this is when they start introducing uh, blast beats into the into the hardcore um, sound with the drumming, which is funny because the drummer uh, is from Indwelling, um, so it totally makes sense. But uh, yeah, man, it's the, the the still great song structure, still great writing. Add the blast beats. One of my favorite Overcome records. Probably my favorite Overcome record is this one. Anytime you replace the entire band, doesn't that artificially introduce energy into the recording? Because now you've got a whole new group of guys who have, up to this point, not released the first album that they've had their entire life to write. I know Norma Jean, every time they change members, it sounds like a new band, but it still sounds like Norma Jean. So was the overall product being supported by the vocals and whoever shows up to play the guitars and play the drums, that's what the record's going to sound like now? I don't know, man. This drumming is so above and beyond anything they've done before. You can tell, too, that they're huge death metal fans at this point and they're trying to kind of rein it back a little bit because they're like well we're really into hardcore but yeah why not let's just blast here and let's you know um i don't know man the the thick sludginess of the guitar tone i'm gonna chalk up to them being huge death metal fans at this point because they're like what you know what's the next step how do we go beyond hardcore which is going to be more is going to be more punk and thrash influenced than you know say metalcore metalcore this type of metalcore was a nice mixture of death metal and uh, and hardcore. So you have you have those hardcore beats, but there's a little bit of there's a little bit of technicality introduced into the riffing. Um, it's nothing too complex. I mean, they're not Chuck Schuldner in it or anything like making it too crazy and throwing down too many weird guitar leads. Um, it's just a giant, heavy, dense piece of music, and um, and I love it. It's probably. Like the last record was my favorite because it's so weird sounding, but this is probably their best from an objective standpoint. And to go back to what Joe was saying too, um, when you take an entire band and you change all the members but one, uh, it can kind of go one or two ways. So it can go like, you know, this didn't become the Jason Stinson show and, you know, Jason Stinson and company. You know, this was still overcome. And I feel like that you're, you're hearing all those death metal influences but they still like respect the integrity of overcome as an early 90s hardcore band and since they're all working towards that you get this sound um which is just phenomenal absolutely and i think we've seen several examples where the band goes away the singer stays and it becomes the lead singer show exactly which, if you ask most lead singers they'll tell you that they are the band 
not going to name names, but... Agreed. Andrew Schwab. <laughs> so this is an example where, I mean, I wasn't an Overcome fan in the late 90s. I don't think I heard this band until the mid-2000s when Dan said, listen to Overcome. But if I had been, this would have been a welcome follow-up to the previous record. It's darker, it's heavier, it sounds better. First listen, I enjoyed the trash can of a snare drum just from the comedy side of it because you don't expect to hear that garbage clang, but then when you do and it doesn't pierce out your eardrums, Lars Ulrich, it can become entertaining, and that's when the death metal shows up and... It's great. I love this record. And to talk about like it from a production point of view, like there's a bit of difference in production value between the past two records and then this one. But also keep in mind, like this is Face Down's one of their first. Um, it's either their first or like their second uh, full length release because everything before this was just seven inch splits. Uh, Overcome was on a couple of those. But yeah. This is like one of the first full length records that they put out, and for it to still kind of hold its own today. How many years later? You know, 20 years later. It's amazing. Absolutely. Something interesting that was happening during this time, too, is, you know, a lot of the guys in this lineup of Overcome, their love of death metal being very apparent, uh, went on and formed a side band called Indwelling, who was kind of a techie, brutal death metal band. And um, this is important because, you know, eventually, if you want to hear more about the Indwelling album, Joe and I did it on one of our Patreon album reviews. Uh, fairly recently. I can't remember if it was end of last year or sometime beginning of this year, but uh, we we did talk about the Indwelling album and uh, that's where they, that's where they kind of got all the death metal out of their system, (laughs) so to speak. I'll throw it in the show notes. Yeah. And that was a great record. Absolutely. Indwelling was awesome. It's one of the most Uh, overlooked records and bands in face down lore. So one of the biggest reasons that we didn't really hear much out of Overcome after this was because Jason had more or less lost his voice. Um, and I mean, it's I not, believe it. It's not hard to <laughs> it's not hard to believe uh, just from his just from his vocal output on all of these records has been um, very undisciplined on all of their releases. And so it makes sense that they kind of ended up where they ended up. Uh, he just dude just wasn't screaming with technique. It sounded awesome. But, I mean, maybe it wasn't very awesome for his voice. So, basically, that was kind of it for Overcome. They basically were not in a band anymore after after 2001. Uh, maybe it was 2002 when he lost his voice. I don't know the exact timeline on that, but... Um, and now they had put out a they had put out a compilation album called More Than... Uh, in 2000, and that was, well, just what it sounds like. All the demos and EPs and crap that we didn't talk about prior to can all be found on this record absolutely and And a live uh, show that apparently they did with zeo which sounded pretty cool that's awesome yeah i uh i didn't make it all the way through this one to be honest although david is the one that had to explain to me that this was a compilation album because i was about to be like yeah this sounds a lot like old overcome uh because it is (laughs) (laughs) so you don't you don't hear anything from the band uh for roughly 10 years and then I get a message from Facedown saying that there's a brand new Overcome record coming out called The Great Campaign of Sabotage. And I was like, well, how does that work if Jason can't scream anymore? I'm not really interested in an Overcome uh, without Jason Sinson singing on it because I love I love his vocals so much. But uh, instead, they got um, they got Thomas Washington, the guy that did the vocals for Indwelling, uh, to, to take over. And so this record comes out, and I know I've been super positive on the band up to this point, but 
you know, there, there's been tons of times, you know, Joe and I have been, we're in a band over 10 years ago and there we've always sat down over a couple of beers and thought to ourselves like well, maybe we could get this person to come do this thing or maybe we could get this person together to come do this thing we should just have it we should just do it we should bring the band back in some capacity for some bands that works out really really well but with overcome i don't feel like they really hit the mark here you know they came up with a good solution for jason not being the singer you know, they, they went ahead and had Thomas Washington do vocals, uh, which I loved his vocals um, with, with Indwelling. Thought it was cool. But I mean, he screams kind of like Jason, but he, he isn't Jason, and I, I can tell, and it bothers me. Um, so this record is metalcore. It's, it sounds like Overcome, but there's all this weird techie noodly stuff going on underneath these riffs and oftentimes on top of them. And so I'm having a little bit of trouble reconciling that because I like a little bit of metal in my hardcore, but I just don't feel like it particularly works here. I agree. It was not put together the best way it could be. In the context of the band is called Overcome. If this was something entirely different, I'd have a different opinion. But this is the follow-up to three full-length records and an EP compilation of prior releases. I want to hear the Overcome style of hardcore. Even with a new vocalist, this would have worked cosmetically. But we're doing these random inserts of technical death metal that's not even at a fast pace. It's almost like it's slowed down too much, like it's the first time the band sat down and tried to write a tech death metal song, and they just couldn't play fast enough to keep up with the style. Well, I can tell you exactly what it is. It's indwelling. This is indwelling with a hardcore scream thrown on top of it. And that was one of my biggest complaints about indwelling, is I was like, yeah, it's super heavy, it's super intense, but it's also really, really slow. It can come off kind of boring sounding, and I feel like this record's having the same kind of problems. This is less of a follow-up on Overcome and more of a follow-up on Indwelling. All right, so I'll put in my two cents. It's it's 2011 Metalcore, all right? So I like it. I like it because it's Overcome. I like it because it's face down. It's face down's 100th release, so it has that, you know, that you know fanboy nostalgia factor to it. Um, but now it's officially a totally different band. Now that Jason's not singing, it's officially a totally different band. If you take the, you shouldn't have to, but if you take the Overcome tag off of it and you listen to it, it's a really good 2011 metalcore record. And it's a band that hasn't put out any recordings in 10, 11, 12 years, depending on what year you say the last record came out. Um, so what happened in that 10 plus years? You know, the band changed, the styles changed, they're listening to a lot of different things and Jason can't sing anymore. So now you have this indwelling overcome mashup and they put out this record in 2011, which sounds good for a 2011 metalcore record, but it's not overcome, you know, so I totally see that. Like, I wish it was overcome. I wish that the band changed its name and, you know, pulled like you know a, a shockwave you know disciple ad jesus web thing and just had a totally different name for it but they didn't they went with overcome which is fine sounds totally different because it's a different band with the same name david van zandt coming in hot on this one <laughs> well i think i think honestly it just should have 
they should have just called it Indwelling, the great campaign of sabotage, and moved on. Maybe it may and maybe gutturaled up the vocals a little bit more. Yeah. Even though he does he does do the guttural indwelling vocals a few times on the record anyway. So I mean it's not a bad fit. So I guess that's one of my questions is is it a great follow up for Overcome? Not really. Is it a good follow up for Indwelling? Hmm. Not necessarily that either. And it just seems like if they would have just focused on one or the other, uh, they probably would have been more successful. It's just a good 2011 metalcore record that if you put any other name on it, you would listen to it and be like, oh, yeah, this is cool. And maybe not ever listen to it again if that's not your jam. But because it says Overwhelm on the cover, we're coming into it with a little bit different uh, different opinions, I think. Now, let me derail this for a second. So you're saying this album is 2011 metalcore? So if this is metalcore, how is becoming the archetype not metalcore? It's not metalcore. <laughs> well, <laughs> Terminate Damnation is not metalcore. Are you serious? Have you have you heard uh, what's that song? I'm also X- like, dude, go go X- on, go on Facebook or like Reddit or any thread I've ever commented on. I hate subgenres. Like, I hate uh, all these micro subgenres of post rock and post metal and black and death metal man i just don't get into it i don't use the metalcore term because i know it gets the clicks and i know that you guys appreciate it i do like some metalcore um actually i don't think that this record sounds like 2011 metalcore i don't think so it's either. Not like there's there's no fake bass drops thrown in it anywhere uh there's no auto-tuned clean singing on it uh, i guess that, no was, that was happening then huh yeah, there's no there's no Gothenburg metal riffs thrown in. This is th- this still sounds like early 2000s or late 90s metalcore or metallic hardcore. I guess is what I try to use to to make it a genre. Um, and I'm gonna throw this on there at the end because if I don't, everybody's gonna yell at me. But uh, it is worth mentioning that in indw- not indwelling overcome. <laughs> He's doing overcome, it again. Yeah, overcome recorded. Uh, I'm old man. I'm abs- I'm absent minded. Um, it's got nothing to do overcome, with your age. <laughs> overcome, it's all the booze. Uh, overcome released no reserves, no retreats, no regrets uh, in 2013. It's an EP. It's 21 minutes long. It's got seven tracks. It's almost a full length. Um, it only needs three more, three or four more songs. What's the title of track four? The title of track four is Indwelling. Hmm. Yeah, and actually, uh, there's track number three is called Travail, which is another uh, <laughs> fuck yeah old school, old school uh, hardcore band. We talked uh, about that on Patreon too. We did. You can you can listen to all that stuff. But uh, you know, this this record is largely the same thing. It, it is it is the same weird amalgamation of Overcome and Indwelling. And I actually enjoy it a little bit more than the Great Campaign of Sabotage because it's shorter. And a little bit more to the point, and has a little bit more. Yeah, has a little bit more hardcore. This, I I would have almost been more willing to accept this as the next record instead of Great Campaign of Sabotage. But there's enough of Campaign of Sabotage in this to where you could see this coming out first, and then Campaign of Sabotage coming out after. I feel like it would have been more of a transitional uh, EP, but that's all I'm going to say about that because EPs are a pointless waste of time. Uh, It's all about that. It's all about that full length. But uh, but yeah, so and I think for the most part that was that was seven years ago. So I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of of the impression that this we're not going to get anything else from Overcome. No, I think we're done. This is their attempt at doing the comeback, and for a lot of bands, the comeback has worked out really well. Uh, in this case, it just it wasn't the same, and I think the fans could feel that. Final thoughts on Overcome, David. 
a great band, one of the forefathers of the spirit-filled hardcore scene. Um, you know, it's my stomping grounds. I definitely like the Tooth and Nail and the first Face Down release a lot better. Uh, 2011 metal, hardcore, metalcore wasn't my jam uh, for many reasons. So stick to the early stuff and you, uh, you can't be disappointed. Dan, what about you? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> I love this band and I'm not like super mad at how they change later on. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with David. I like the tooth and nail stuff and, and the, the face down stuff. I like it all for the most part. I don't hate any of it, but uh, I think I think overall this band is um, a band that you shouldn't sleep on. And they, they definitely are a band that was much more important to the music that you listen to than you realize. Both of my esteemed co-hosts have told me that Overcome is one of the most important bands to come out on Tooth & Nail Records and early Face Down. While that may be true, everything that they've done up to this point has been done cosmetically better by another artist. So I don't have the same feelings for this band because I don't have the nostalgia. And I think if you have nostalgia for classic, old-school hardcore, especially the hardcore of the late 90s, this is your jam. At least until we get to the great campaign of Sabotage. But I think the band is worth a listen because there's a reason hardcore fans still talk about this band. So check out Overcome. You might enjoy the experience. Damn, what's your album of the week? My album of the week is The Defeat of Satan by Ann Testor. It's getting a little old school, but I love it. <clears throat> David, what about you? Shout out to Facebook fan Bradley Schatz, if I pronounce your last name right, uh, for uh, telling me to listen to Alice in Hell by Annihilator, some old school 90s Canadian speed thrash. Definitely Dude is pushing hard. Dude is pushing hard for us to do an Annihilator episode. Yeah, I think so he's, he's begging for it. We might have to move it up on the list. For me, it's Deftones, White Pony. I've been having an interesting week, so I needed a break in the silence, and it needed to sound like Chino. It's <laughs> my favorite Deftones record, man. It's such a good album. It is arguably the best Deftones record, and by arguably, I mean there is no argument. It is the best Deftones record. I won't make an argument. It's not the best Deftones record. It's clearly the Deftones self-titled. So, uh, you know, it's whatever you want, but you're wrong. Take us out, DFT. If you've ever been listening to this podcast and thought to yourself, I would like for them to talk about insert name of band you want us to talk about here. Uh, we can certainly do that, but we can't read your mind. So you got to send us a message or something. Reach out to us in one of the many ways that you can reach out to us. That is including facebook.com slash discography discussion on Twitter at discuss metal on Gmail at Dan and Joe show at gmail.com. You can always reach out to us on our discord server. There'll be a link in the show notes. that will take you there. And uh, yeah, so I mean, th there's a lot of ways you can talk to us. So just uh, just talk to us. And on that note, this has been episode 175 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. One dollar gets you into that exclusive album review feed. Chances not to waste your life. Half 
Walks by your side And I'm sure these cruises you find